David is the founder of Bring Digital, a specialist performance marketing agency, working with brands such as Formula One, Cotton Traders, and American Golf. David is named Entrepreneur of the Year and the Chairman's Rising Star at the Made in Manchester Awards in 2019, and has built a strong reputation for successfully devising and executing ROI-driven digital strategies for leading consumer brands. Prior to launching Bring Digital, David led the organic search team at AO.com and has been personally responsible for devising search strategies for, search strategies for brands such as JD Sports and Summers, DW Fitness First. So part of what we do is our four-step principles of communication and action. Stop, pause, think, now act. Building out your emotional intelligence toolkit. In this episode, I will be speaking with David about these four elements and how he recognizes they have impacted these decisions, choices, and actions, and now how they've helped him leverage his success. Welcome, David. Hi there, Joe. Thank you for the lovely introduction. Oh, somebody very smart wrote it, i.e. you. <laughs> <laughs> I can't take credit. It was one of my team, so uh, no, I, I, I can't make myself sound that good. It's a brilliant, I know I, when anybody reads my bio, I'm like, is that me they're talking about? I always look behind myself. <laughs> Fantastic. Oh, that's me. All right. Yeah, I'm up. So I'm really excited for you to join us today. And we're going to be talking about the principles of what we pull together, our emotional intelligence toolkit, and how we help people create these moments where they can really see what's going on. So the first of all, the first one I want to talk to you about is those stop moments. Um, and we've all had those moments in our life and career where we've had the slam on the brakes. And it can be great moments and not so great moments. So tell me, David, about the stop moments you recognize and how they've impacted you. So I've, uh, yeah, I, I, I can think of several of these over the, uh, well, not just the lifespan of my current business, but my career as a, a, as a whole. Like, uh, it, for, for me, the stop moments always come when I feel like things have gotten out of control, that, uh, that the plan's yeah. no longer the plan and, uh, you know, things are taking a life of their own. And sometimes this can be positive, but more often than not for myself, it's, uh, it's come from uh, uh, points of negativity. So uh, most frequent one, of, uh, I can't remember a few years back, hitting a point of burnout. And um, it's something that happened to me rather than I'd, uh, I'd consciously got into that because why would you consciously do that to yourself? But yeah. very much hit a point of hang on, hit the brakes here. We need to, uh, to, to, to stop what's going on because this isn't what we signed up for. Yeah, and reflecting back, is that, uh, what what was the, the was there like a defining moment that helped you like an out of body experience that helped you say this is not what I signed up for us for was it was there like this one thing that you can put your finger on that will live with you to this day and maybe helps you put the brakes on going forward in the future too. Yeah, it, it's it's interesting this and it, it's something that I'm always going to look out for in the future because. The last time I did have to press the stop button was a was a period of burnout. But you you imagine you'd recognise burnout when you find yourself incredibly unhappy, or frustrated. And, but it was actually on the on the back of a uh, a success. So um, which sounds unusual. You'd usually think uh, getting a, a big success would uh, be a time for celebration, and the opposite it would re-energise. But what happened to me, and this was uh, early 2019, uh, we had a big bit of success for the business in terms of growth. And I, uh, well, you mentioned in the intro, I, I had some nice personal successes as well. I won some uh, some nice personal aw uh, awards yeah. recognizing what I'd done with the business. 
and that should be a, a real joyous time. And it was actually the recognition that I was a little numb to success was the catalyst for a stop moment. So I'm achieving everything I thought I wanted to achieve. I'm I'm having the success that uh, you know I could have only dreamed of when I set off on this adventure. Yet I'm feeling a little numb. So rather than I'm feeling terrible, it was the fact that I should be feeling uh, a lot happier, and something's not gone uh, gone to plan here. And um, therefore, I need to press the stop and, and do some serious reflecting on that. Because if you if you can't enjoy the successes, if you're achieving what you thought uh, was what was part of the plan or, or what you thought you wanted, yet uh, you're, you're not enjoying those moments, then that, that's a, to me a, a real red flag that it's uh, it's time to yeah. press the uh, press the brake because you know, the other option is, oh, well, maybe if I won more awards or had more growth, then I might uh, I might feel uh, the the kind of uh, contentment that I was looking for. So therefore, I'll try twice as hard, which when I say a burnout, it was, it was relatively uh, minor. It was nothing uh, clinical. Yeah. But I can imagine if I hadn't recognized and I had pushed myself to that next level, it could have been something much more serious. Yeah, and I think that's a really, really interesting thing that we see in the business world, in entrepreneurialism, is that people become numb to their success. Yes. I think, I think that's quite a phenomenon that... that I think probably you and I see in our peers and colleagues every day. It absolutely is. It's, um, you know, there's a real issue with, uh, with contentment. I think it, it's almost the, the blessing and the curse of the entrepreneurial spirit that, that there's always more, there's always bigger, there's always, uh, uh, you know, there's always further growth. What was it? Uh, was it Rockefeller when he was asked for, uh, you know, how much money's enough? And he said, uh, just a little more. And, it, it's that when uh, the entrepreneurial road, uh, road we, we hit what we believe would be successes, i.e. if we'd asked ourselves five years ago, would yeah. I be happy with this? We would say almost certainly. But when it's achieved, there's, there's, always, uh, there's always more you could do. There's always someone doing a little better. There's always a, a slightly bigger balance in, in the bank account you could achieve. And it's one of the reasons I'm so passionate about goal setting because it's uh, – when people goal set, I think they genuinely, uh, the, the, the main motive is generally to help you achieve those goals, which of course massively important. But I think uh, for me, one of the key parts of goal setting is actually to help me recognize when I've had success and therefore yeah. I'm able to let myself off the hook a little bit. Because otherwise, if you don't set what great looks like, you'll just keep going because like I said, there's always, yeah. there's always a bit better you can do. And you know, David, you reminded me actually of a piece that I wrote about, I think it was about two years ago, okay. and I was reflecting back on how an, an environment that I had been in, working in, every time you hit the goal that had been set for you, you were always told, well, if you hit that goal easily, then you should, it was too easy. And yes. that was part of their motivation. And it was a very entrepreneurial organization, very driven, you know, new numbers, are all that mattered and you know you and I know numbers are the backbone of a business but we've yes. got to build other elements in there but I think it's really interesting how especially um I would say back 10 years there was this whole thing of you know well you've got there you could have done better yes yeah, yeah so absolutely. I think, well, I think, um, I think yeah, we, we push ourselves so hard and there, there is that feeling of uh, I've achieved my goal well you know I'm <laughs> I had that weekend off, so maybe if I'd pushed myself harder, I could have done even better. It's, like I say, it's a blessing and a curse. Yeah, and I like the fact that people are, and that's what emotional intelligence is about, and that's the whole principle of, 
of the stop pause think now act process is helping you be self-aware about what where is this coming from what why do i feel burnt out and why have i got disconnected from actually there's something that's really really great and i'm not celebrating that i think that's really interesting that you've hit the nail on the head with that one yeah it's uh it was a, it's a slightly scary uh, revelation when it uh, when it last happened. But like I say, it's a, to, to me building a good toolkit. It's all about learning from these things. So yeah. now that's an instant red flag. You know, I write down. I, I set my own personal goals quarterly, and I really like to reflect on them when I've uh, as much as when I've hit them. Not to pat myself on the back, but do I feel content with that? Uh, because if I don't, that you know there might be something wrong. Yeah, I'm going to ask you another question about this stop moment. Is there a time when you have reflected, it's only because you, you prompted me with knowing that you're a good reflector, um, that, you, that you wish there was a time you had created a stop moment and didn't? Uh, absolutely. So, so many along the way, especially I would say, so my, my business is eight years old this year. I would say years one to five. Um, so, you know, not going into the too distant past. Yeah. I, when you start an organization and it's growing and uh, you get implored it's both uh, you know kind of commercially and personally you're seeing successes you, you can buy into the uh that the hype of growth you know you just grow in you just uh, as long as you're growing as long as uh, um, the numbers look great everything's well and what i didn't do in those early days was plan and reflect enough um, i didn't do the what does good look like because yeah. If I think if I'd have stopped at the end of each uh, year of uh, my business and had a real pause uh, and, a, and a real think moment, the business would be a completely different shape than it is today. An awful lot uh, around the shape uh, of my current business has happened to me rather than happened uh, kind of by my own strategic design. And that's yeah. not, I'm not complaining with it. Uh, you know, I'm in a, a very privileged position. I'm very grateful for that. But I also think if I had had the foresight to pause and think more often, um, it would have been a different shape. And some of the pitfalls I've uh, found myself in. Um, you know, I, I probably would have uh, avoided yeah. over the years. And I think this is why a lot of people, when they come around to second, third um, kind of entrepreneurial ventures, they do, they, they tend to have a big shortcut. You know, if, uh, if business one took them 10 years to make a success, business two might take them uh, five years and it's, it's learning from all those things. So for me, the big learning uh, for, uh, process from them early days would be to stop more often, reflect, yeah. uh, catch myself, uh, you know, plan, strategize more. I love that. I love the fact that you are basically you're trumpeting everything that we really believe in as a business. <laughs> I love yeah, it. Well, it's why I'm a fan of yours, Joe. <laughs> oh, thank you. So when you have you know, you're experiencing this non-traditional burnout. Is that okay to call it that? Because you weren't burnt out in the sense of, um, you know, you completely didn't want to get up in the morning. Yours was like, wow, we've had this, we've got this amazing energy going on, and. Um, I'm not really feeling the success of it all. Exactly that. So I, I, I don't want to use the term burnout lightly because I know a lot of people have uh, some real yeah. serious problems. But it, in a sense that I'd lost all energy for, for, for my business, that, that's effectively what it was. It was a burnout. It yeah. was a slightly uh, unusual cause. It, it, yeah, it was, it was like, oh, maybe I should be feeling more excited about this than I am. But you exactly, still were doing yeah. all the things that you should have been doing to keep moving forward. Exactly. So in that pause moment after the stop, was it easy to find a solution that caused you to pause or did you stumble upon the answer to the solution? Um, a, a bit of both. Um, so 
my pause moment, there, there were two things that happened. One thing that I, I realized that um, I hadn't given myself um, enough rest. So the, the, the first thing in pause moment for me was actually a bit of a reset. Before I think about what the future looks like, I need to get myself right now. And mm. for me, uh, rest uh, and a real strategic rest plan. I think of anything that I can say has become my uh, almost my entrepreneurial mantra over the last two years. So if anyone ever asked me for advice, uh, the, the first thing I will kind of push down their throats is a proper rest strategy. So finding what energizes you, um, what, uh, you know, what gets your motivation back, what really allows you to turn off, um, I think is more important than anything uh, you can do in terms of self-development or, or you know, uh, leadership uh, yeah. strategy. I, obviously, those things are hugely important, but they need to be on a foundation of, uh, of rest. So when I hit that pause button last year, um, the first thing I was doing it was really reflect on where I get my energy from. For me, really boring stuff. We're talking, uh, I, I love walking, I love fishing, I love reading. So it's not high octane things. It's just for me, leave me alone with a book, put me on the side of a riverbank with a fishing rod, send me up a hill yeah. with my walking boots. I will come back down twice the leader, twice the businessman than, uh, yeah. than when I went up there. And it's entirely down just to, to, to proper rest. Yeah, well, it's, it's, it's so interesting that you just talked talk about that because in the environment that you're in, it's all about being visionary, creative, seeing strategies that maybe the client hasn't even seen and being able to lead them down that path. And that can be quite disconnecting from your own energy, can't it? Because you're literally getting high on, on what's going on. Yeah. And that can just literally numb you to unbelievable levels. Yeah, absolutely. It's such a, an exertion of uh, mental energy and of, of, yeah. of, of focus that, yeah, getting proper rest, it, it, it makes me a much better businessman, a much better leader um, and much better creative, like you, you say, being able to actually wind down, reset the brain and, uh, and actually get myself in a level playing field. It's honestly, the, if anyone asked me for what my secret formula was, it, it would be having a proper rest strategy because I think a lot of business people and, uh, well, a lot of professionals, this isn't just down to, uh, to entrepreneurs, a lot of professionals set out their week, they, uh, they plan their work in and what little time's uh, left. It will be well. How do I uh, how do I enjoy myself in that time? And flipping that's on its head. Uh, what uh, what do I need to do to, uh, to to be rested and energized? And then how does work fit in after that? Seems counterintuitive. It seems like the work will suffer, but it's been the absolute opposite for me and the people who are in my uh, close circle who do the same. They, yeah. they, they I, I see far more productivity, energy growth from them than I do the people who book in an eighty-hour work, uh, work week and then figure out how they can fit in a decent rest strategy. So yeah. for me, my morning routine that involves all sorts of stuff now takes just under three hours, which is is a lot for a morning because I, I, you know, uh, so I deliberately get myself up at five thirty now. I've always been an early bird, so um, brilliant. Yeah, so but, this is great. We move brilliantly into the think part and the process and the strategy yes talk me through it david i'm intrigued because you have already got me at morning routine yeah my morning routine um it's the foundation for a uh, productive day so again it feels counterintuitive because if i wake up and i'm uh feeling stressed about the workload or just the the um the amount of pressure of work that day, the natural instinct is to work your way out of it. So if I wake up at yeah. 5.30, well, if I open the laptop now, it gives me three extra hours so I can really catch up. 
but genuinely if i do my morning routine which counts it got a big walk with my dog i uh, i meditate I, I work out i sit down and have a family breakfast all these small things that individually are just absolute energy bucket fillers for me when it actually comes to open the laptop at 8 30 i've technically lost three hours of time but in terms of pure focus, the quality of the, the time that I've got for the remainder of the day is so much stronger. So, yeah. you know, I'm a big advocate of saying not all hours are created equal. Someone who works a 40-hour week can be far more productive than the same person working an 80-hour week. Uh, I genuinely believe that. And to me, morning routine uh, sets that up uh, perfectly. We are big advocates here about morning. We call it base camp habit deck. Okay. So we we talk about you know what that first thing that you do with that first hour hour and a half we call that your base camp habit stack and that is the thing that sets you up for the rest of your day and you know the one of the things that especially with creative David we talk about morning journaling. Yes. And um, have you tried that as a as a strategy for helping you with that think process? So I, I, I've not. So I, I do morning planning. One of my uh, uh, things on the uh, the morning routine is just to create the to-do list for the day. So I feel it's all structured in my mind, but not as much as uh, as taking it to a journal. Oh, I might get you on that. I might talk through that when we have to be recorded. Oh, I'm going to have to start getting up at 5.15 now, aren't I? Yeah, you are. I'm going to be bringing you forward 15 more minutes. It's worth it, I promise you, especially for creators. A book that you might enjoy is called um, The Artist's Way by Julia Cameron. Okay. And because I, I, I tend to work with quite a big selection of creators. Right. Um, and one of the things that we talk about all the time is all the energy that it uses to be creative. Okay. Right? It's yeah. huge. So one of the things that I really recommend to them is, is The Artist's Way. And... Julia introduces something called Morning Pages, and we lovingly suggest that is how everybody starts their day in the right. community because we know the difference that it can make in terms of getting rid of all the toxic crap that's going on in your brain, getting rid of it, starting afresh, and filling your pot with all the good stuff. Oh, fantastic. Well, uh, yeah, I, I will check out uh, that book. It's uh, like I say, if it adds to my morning routine, I'm happy to do so. Um, and yeah, like. That that was a game changer for me. Learning uh, how to rest. Um, you know, it's, it's. I think it, culturally, it's not something we do. Yeah. Not necessarily just here in Britain. I think globally, there is. Uh, there's very much a curse of if you're busy, you're productive. If you're if you're busy, you're. Uh, you know, you're effective. The more hours you put in, the, the more likely you are to uh, to be productive, and the, the the better an employer, the better a leader you are, and. You'll have seen the same things as me, Joe. People are yeah. uh, boasting on social media about uh, an 80-hour week. And, you know, it's... Shakespeare <laughs> wants to run to the hills. I don't know about you, David. I'm like, I'm running in the opposite direction as fast as I can in that 80-hour week. Yeah, it's a, an 80-hour week says to me, I just worry about the person. I, I worry that someone just working themselves into a, a, into burnout. Uh, I, I think that person could be far more productive in a 40, 50-hour week if they, uh, if they had the right uh, rest schedule they had the right uh, delegation of tasks across their team um some people i know that, that there are exceptions there are people who uh yeah, who thrive on a, an 80 hour week but uh, when i've tried it and, I, and i've tried it for years on end it 
it just leads to well, it leads to burnout it leads to uh, yeah. lost productivity um, so I think longevity through a, a good combination of work and rest is uh, is the answer so that uh, looping back round yeah two years ago uh, realizing this point and uh, that that's been a a real game changer but setting that foundation when it got to the pause and think it meant my mind was uh, coming at it from a really productive uh, place so when I'm looking at what I want working life to look like I'm no longer working out of anxiety working out of fear working out of a, a reaction to being overwhelmed it's very much a, a positive question set to myself to be asking uh, so what do I want my role to look like? What do I want this business to look like? What am I great at? What what elements of my role do I love? And uh, yeah, you can actually, from a productive, positive place, then start creating the the role, the the organisation, and, and I guess wider the life that uh, that you want to have, rather than that problem that caused in the first place, which was just life was happening to me, business was happening to me, and uh, I wasn't really in charge. Yeah, and you just earlier you just touched on delegation. Yes, as part of that process, what in that sense did you have any light bulb moments around delegation? Because that's one thing quite often that I have to work with business owners and entrepreneurs, or even people who are quite at the top of their career. That sometimes delegation is something that comes in as a skill right at that peak moment where you're like, I just want to stop the break. Just want yeah. to put them on. What What were your thoughts about delegation and what did you learn from that? Yeah, I think anyone who's having to have a stop moment due to being overwhelmed, too busy, too much pressure, delegation is nearly always one of the answers. It's, it's part of a toolkit, but it's almost uh, essentially part of it. And yeah, being a good delegator is a skill in itself. Um, it's such a common curse of the entrepreneur. If I can't delegate, no one can do it the same as I do it. Yeah. No one can do it to the standard I do it. It, it. it would take more time to explain this than to do it myself. All these real common cliches that I've said myself a thousand times, but when you can learn to uh, to delegate, it's a, it forms an absolute uh, essential, uh, essential part of your own success and two things delegating things you're either not good at or delegating things that you don't love or just delegating things that can be done to an adequate standard elsewhere and I think that's one of the key tips I always give people if, if you're looking to delegate uh, for someone who can do it to the exact same standard as you do it you might be searching forever but if someone doing it to 80% of the standard you do it doesn't set the world alight, um, it doesn't ruin your business, but it means that that task or that set of tasks is completely off your desk forever, then accepting that uh, 10, 15, 20% dip in, uh, in quality or efficiency is an absolute worthwhile price to pay. Um, again, too many entrepreneurs have burnt themselves out trying to do things perfectly when uh, something being done to 80% of the standard or 80% of the efficiency and being off their desk would be much better for the individual and the organization. So yeah, for me, I'm naturally a controlling person in in a work perspective. I believe no one can ever do it to my standard. Um, It's entirely arrogant and I've been proven wrong on so many occasions. Not arrogant at all. I think it's I think it's it's ownership, you know, knowing knowing a little bit about like a do, David, I think you're really good at taking ownership at what is going on in, yeah. in, in your business and for your and for your colleagues as well. Um and wanting the best for your clients and your team. Um, would you say that that's maybe played into some of the conversation that you have with yourself about apps? 
absolutely doing the best that you can all the time. Yeah, I do. I, I want everything we do to be perfect. And mm. it's not that I believe my work is perfect. I just believe that the it, it, the attention to detail I put in, the strive for excellence, I, I always worry about handing that off. But then it's such a classic mistake to make because, you know, you hire people who are better than you because they can do yeah. the job better. And it really is. It's, it's checking yourself and, uh, you know, if, if you were to look at the CVs or the skill set of me and my leadership team, they outweigh me in every category. So me yeah. learning to let go on paper made perfect sense, but it was a process I needed to go through. Like like you said, it's a skill. It's 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 a skill that people just assume it's a task to delegate as a as a verb, but it's not. It's a real skill that you have, and when you can yeah. effectively delegate, um, and you can delegate peacefully in terms of your own piece, then. Um, it's such a secret weapon for freeing up time. Um, so I, I guess I don't want to jump forward too much, but to, you know, my act on the back of this process, speaking specifically around what happened last year, was to effectively replace myself. So I, I hired yeah. a new managing director for the business. So almost the ultimate delegation, it wasn't I just put past uh, work downwards. I actually went and found someone I believe could do the majority of the tasks I was doing to a better standard or the same standard and brought in that help, uh, which was, you know, incredibly terrifying conclusion to come to. Yeah. But again, the business has, has absolutely thrived on the back of that. So it's an extreme level of delegation. But to me, it would always be one. I would always encourage other entrepreneurs to try and get there. If you can get to a place where you can hire, not necessarily your own replacement, but someone of such a senior level that every bit of the role that you either don't enjoy, you're not great at, or you believe someone can add more value, can actually come in and take that off your hands, it frees you up to do the the reason you started the business in the first place. Yeah. Most people your start high value task. Yeah, exactly, exactly. And people start businesses because they're passionate about something or they've got a skill set that they they love. Not many people start businesses to be 360 leaders. Um, they just happen to fall into that trap because there's so much dependency on them. So there's, uh, there's, I don't think there's any shame in hitting a certain point where you go, I'm now going to fill the gaps with a really strong senior talent. And if that means someone coming in above your head or at a side-by-side -side level to you, that's, that shouldn't scare. To me, well, it, it was the most exciting thing that's happened in, uh, in my career to date because it's completely freed me up to do what I'm passionate about. Yeah, it's the wisest thing that we can do as business owners, isn't it? And I think the more that we um, celebrate that and realise what what that value that person brings to the table, we and how that can really impact the business for the greater good, that's something to really celebrate. Yes, absolutely. And um, what do you think by really mastering that task of of bringing in that that second pair of eyes? Yeah. What What are the key results that you've been able to celebrate as an individual, David, before the business? So, for, as an individual, the individual results are time. Um, so, yeah. the first five six years of business, it would be unthinkable that I wouldn't be on the laptop in the uh, in the evening. I wouldn't need to uh, spend Saturday morning doing some work. I would. Uh, it would be unthinkable that I could take a holiday and uh, not be checking my phone and, and taking calls. So it, it's hard to quantify, but the fact is, the freedom element of it, the you know, one of the core reasons we set up a business has finally um, transpired for me. I think 
when we set up businesses, it's generally three things. It's we want to, we want to make money. We want to uh, follow something in terms of purpose or an idea or a, a yeah. skill set, and we want freedom for ourselves. And I think the freedom element is the one that always goes to the bottom of the barrel very quickly. Um, we actually end up creating a, a very high pressure job for ourselves, and the yeah. less free than we ever were. What's the, it's the old saying, uh, the great thing about being an entrepreneur is you get to choose which 80 hours a week you work. Um, yeah. it, it's the truth that there's, there's some elements of freedom. If you, uh, if you want the day off, you can take it without asking permission. But the fact is you're working a full Sunday to make up that, uh, to work through the inbox that's, uh, that's built up. So I think there's, there's, a, there's a real common uh, thing that I see that uh, freedom's the first thing that uh, we lose as entrepreneurs. And that's exactly what I've gained back by doing this uh, this delegation or, or this uh, uh, replacement of myself is uh, time. I've, uh, I've got time, the freedom. And the great thing is that time hasn't resulted in me spending less time in the business. It's not the time uh, spending days on the golf course or sitting around the fishing lake. I'm actually more energized than ever about the business. Um, it's the time I do have is going into the stuff I want to do, being creative, uh, leading yeah. teams, working with people, all the stuff that uh, I was passionate about in the beginning that kind of started getting chipped out my diary when the more operational factors came up they're all back in there so yeah a lot more freedom about how I choose my time and I think the great thing that will apply for most leaders is how you choose your time is typically going to be the thing that's the most value for the business anyway because it's it's what you're great at and you know you've hit on something there because I think we we all felt businesses I mean this is this is my own personal insight and it's something that I work with all the leaders on um, freedom tends to be something that, that they said, I thought I was going to have so much freedom. And I often say is, how about if we switch freedom to being choice? Yeah. And when we use, you know, if you can take, you know, this is, this is a choice to do that. And how, what, what choices would you make, um, going forward that would have much more positive impact on yourself personally first? Cause I, I believe in self first. Even if you have a family, if we don't self first, yeah. we cannot be, supportive for our family going on to support our businesses absolutely um, agree, think, yeah. yeah i think that's a big game changer when i get people to think of freedom and switch it into choice it's like oh my goodness yes i i'm looking at the decisions i've got to make with very different eyes now instead of attaching the word freedom to them yes yeah so what what impact has it had on the business then david bringing in this uh, this brilliant third party yeah well <laughs> We've taken a bit of a hit with um, uh, with the lockdown here in the UK uh, on the back of the coronavirus uh, epidemic, but um, the end of year profits uh, for year one following this move are going to be at least three times what we've done the previous year, which what? is is absolutely crazy. It, it's humbling because uh, yeah. you know it's. Uh, I, I gen it goes back to that point. I don't think anyone could do what I can do to the same standard. What I can do, well, hand the reins to a seasoned uh, CEO, and within uh, within a year, profits have trebled. You know, don't worry. I, I've got no pride with that. I'm more than happy to uh, to shout for the rooftops that that's happened yeah. because you know I still own the business, and therefore, uh, yeah. I guess my pension pots trebled uh, this year, which is fantastic. But it just that's shows what we like to hear. Yeah. So I'm happier. I've got more freedom. I'm adding more value to the business by focusing on the areas I'm great at and that I love. 
and the business is thriving. Um, and it's not just a business as an organisation. It therefore means there's more money in the pot for, uh, for for development of staff in terms of training, for their progression in terms of uh, salary, compensation packages. So uh, everyone's benefiting from uh, from this one decision, this one uh, one move of bringing in someone, uh, uh, you know, someone who can take care of that uh, that senior level leadership. So yeah. If I'd not had that stop, pause, think, and now act uh, revelation around the specific burnout issue, I think I would have just kept going and I would have been in a similar position. You know, we might have seen some growth, we might have seen some more success, but, um, you know, I don't think that it would have been at anywhere near the levels we're at now and I would have been at nowhere near the levels of contentment and personal happiness that I'm at now as well. So, all from that small seed of hitting the brakes and saying stop 18 months ago um all the way through to uh, uh through to what that that first level result is it's absolutely phenomenal david i'm sitting here with the biggest smile on my face <laughs> revel in the success and and putting our process in and thinking through you you really you know you were using the pro- process before you know we'd even introduced it to you so just seeing and hearing that you are a real champion of being self-aware, socially aware, having empathy and motivation and getting the business on the track that you want to get it on. Yeah. It's just incredible to hear. No, it's, uh, yeah, it, it's, been, it's been a real journey. It's not been without its, uh, its road bumps. But uh, yeah, where we've ended up today through some of these processes and this uh, this kind of ongoing process of reflection, it's been incredible. David Ingham of Ingham Firm, Bring Digital, thank you for joining us today and Stop Think Now Act. You have been an incredible guest. It's been my pleasure. Really enjoy speaking to you, Joe, as always. Thank you for having me on. Hopefully I'll speak to you again. Yes, absolutely. Anytime.